Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles site. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from uh, about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we are continuing our reading in Chapter 30 with Section 8, The New Interpretation. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for a remembrance of our lesson for the day, lesson 3.22, I can give up, but what was never real? All right, and uh, Lori, you have an opening for us this morning? Oh, boy, Wayne, I'm just about jumping up and down. I'm so excited about this one. It's from David White, and it's called Blessing for the Light. I thank you, Light, again, for helping me to find the outline of my daughter's face. I thank you, Light, for the subtle way your merest touch gives shape to such things I could only learn to love through your delicate instruction. There's one unmuted line. And I thank you this morning, waking again, most intimately and secretly for your visible invisibility, the way you make me look at the face of the world so that everything becomes an eye to everything else. And so that strangely, I also see myself being seen so that I can be born again in that site so that I can have this one other way along with every other way to know that I am here. I can give up what was never real. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lori. Amen. You guys have to read it later again. Yes, thank you, Ari. I'll be happy to. Thank you, guys. Wonderful. It's so friendly and beautiful. Thank you, Lori. <laughs> okay, friends, uh, with us in the reading today, we have uh, Fran, Lori, Yvonne, Robin Marie, Jessica, Micah, and Harris. And with us in listening, I have Judy, Ida, Lana, uh, Karen, Roz, and Amy. 
there anyone else who's joined or like to say good morning or change Yeah, hi, good morning everyone. This is Diana and I'm listening. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. Welcome. Hey, good morning, family. It's Carla. I'm listening to you. Great. Thank you. Hey, Carla. All right. Well, I'll get us started then with the Chapter 30, The New Beginning, Section 8, The New Interpretation. Paragraph 82. Would God have left the meaning of the world to your interpretation? If he had, it has no meaning. For it cannot be that meaning changes constantly and yet is true. The Holy Spirit looks upon the world as with one purpose, changelessly established. And no situation can affect its aim, but must be in accord with it. For only if its aim could change with every situation could each one be open to interpretation, which is different every time you think of it. You add an element into the script you write for every minute in the day, and all that happens now means something else. You take away another element, and every meaning shifts accordingly. Section 8, The New Interpretation, Paragraph 82. Would God have left the meaning of the world to your interpretation? If he had, it has no meaning. For it cannot be that meaning changes constantly, and yet is true. The Holy Spirit looks upon the world as with one purpose, changelessly established, and no situation can affect its aim but must be in accord with it. For only if its aim could change with every situation could each one be open to interpretation, which is different every time you think of it. You add an element into the script you write for every minute in the day, and all that happens now means something else. You take away another element, and every meaning shifts accordingly. 83. What do your scripts reflect except your plans for what the day should be? And must you judge disaster and success, advance, retreat, and gain and loss? These judgments all are made according to the roles the script assigns. The fact they have no meaning in themselves is demonstrated by the ease with which these labels change with other judgments made on different aspects of experience. And then in looking back, you think you see another meaning in what went before. What have you really done except to show there was no meaning there? But you assign the meaning in the light of goals that change, with every meaning shifting as they change. Thank you, friend. And Lori. What do your scripts reflect? Accept your plans for what the day should be. And thus you judge disaster and success. Advance, retreat, 
and gain and loss. These judgments all are made according to the roles the script assigns. The fact they have no meaning in themselves is demonstrated by the ease with which these labels change with other judgments made on different aspects of experience. And then in looking back, you think you see another meaning in what went before. What have you really done except to show there was no meaning there? But you assigned a meaning in the light of goals that change with every meaning shifting as they change. 84. Only a constant purpose can endow events with stable meaning. But it first must but it must accord one meaning to them all. If they are given different meanings, it must be that they reflect but different purposes. And this is all the meaning that they have. Can this be meaning? Can confusion be what meaning means? Perception cannot be in constant flux and make allowance for stability of meaning anywhere. First, whoops, fear is a judgment never justified. Its presence has no meaning but to show you wrote a fearful script and are afraid accordingly, but not because the thing you fear is fearful meaning in itself. Thank you, Lori. And Yvonne. Okay, thank you, Lori. Thank you, Yvonne. Only a constant purpose can endow events with stable meaning, but it must accord one meaning to them all. If they are given different meanings, it must be that they reflect but different purposes. And this is all the meaning that they have. Can this be meaning? Can confusion be what meaning means? Perception cannot be in constant flux and make allowance for stability of meaning anywhere. Fear is a judgment never justified. Its presence has no meaning but to show you wrote a fearful script and are afraid accordingly, but not because the thing you fear has fearful meaning in itself. Just to have a quick uh, comment, is that my kitty playing? Is that is that affecting the reading? Can you hear me? Lemoyne, can we you hear you? We hear you great. Okay, thank yeah. you. We hear you fine. Okay, good. A common purpose is the only means whereby perception can be stabilized and one interpretation given to the world and all experiences here. In this shared purpose, is one judgment shared by everyone and everything you see. You do not have to judge, for you have learned one meaning has been given everything, and you are glad to see it everywhere. It cannot change because you would perceive it everywhere, unchanged by circumstance. And so you offer it to all events and let them offer you stability. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Yvonne. And Robin Marie. 85. A common purpose is the only means whereby perception can be stabilized. 
and one interpretation given to the world and all experiences here. In this shared purpose is one meaning, shared by everyone and everything you see. You do not have to judge, for you have learned one meaning has been given everything, and you are glad to see it everywhere. It cannot change because because you would perceive it everywhere, unchanged by circumstance. And so you offer it to all events and let them offer you stability. 86. Escape from judgment simply lies in this. All things have but one purpose which you share with all the world, and nothing in the world can be opposed to it, for it belongs to everything as it belongs to you. In single purpose is the end of all ideas of sacrifice, which must assume a different purpose for the one who gains and him who loses. There could be no thought of sacrifice apart from this idea. And it is this idea of different goals which makes perception shift and meaning change. In one united goal does this become impossible. For your agreement makes interpretation stabilize and last. Thank you, Robin Murray. And Jessica. Thanks, Lemoyne. 86. Escape from judgment simply lies in this. All things have but one purpose which you share with all the world. And nothing in the world can be opposed to it, for it belongs to everything as it belongs to you. In single purpose is the end of all ideas of sacrifice, which must assume a different purpose for the one who gains and him who loses. There could be no thought of sacrifice apart from this idea. And it is this idea of different goals which makes perception shift and meaning change. In one united goal does this become impossible, or your agreement makes interpretation stabilize and last. How can communication really be established while the symbols which are used mean different things? The Holy Spirit's goal gives one interpretation, meaningful to you and to your brother. Thus, can you communicate with him and he with you? In symbols which you both can understand, the sacrifice of meaning is undone. All sacrifice entails the loss of your ability to see relationships among events. And looked at separately, they have no meaning, for there is no light by which they can be seen and understood. They have no purpose, and what they are for cannot be seen. In any thought of loss, there is no meaning. No one has agreed with you on what it means. It is a part of a distorted script which cannot be interpreted with meaning. It must be forever unintelligible. This is not communication. 
Your dark dreams are but the senseless, isolated scripts you write in sleep. Look not to separate dreams for meaning. Only dreams of pardon can be shared. They mean the same to both of you. Thank you, Jessica and Micah. Okay. Uh, 87. How can communication really be established while the symbols which are used mean different things? The Holy Spirit's goal gives one interpretation meaningful to you and to your brother. Thus can you communicate with him and he with you in symbols which you both can understand. The sacrifice of meaning is undone. All sacrifice entails the loss of your ability to see relationships among events. And looked at separately, they have no meaning, for there is no light by which they can be seen and understood. They have no purpose, and what they are for cannot be seen. In any thought of loss, there is no meaning. No one has agreed with you on what it means. It is a part of a distorted script which cannot be interpreted with meaning. It must be forever unintelligible. This is not communication. Your dark dreams are but the senseless, isolated scripts you write in sleep. Look not to separate dreams for meaning. Only dreams of pardon can be shared. They mean the same to both of you. Uh, 88. Do not interpret out of solitude, for what you see means nothing. It will shift in what it stands for, and you will believe the world is an uncertain place in which you walk in danger and uncertainty. It is but your interpretations which are lacking in stability, for they are not in line with what you really are. This is a state so seemingly unsafe that fear must rise. Do not continue thus, my brothers. We have one interpreter, and through his use of symbols are we joined so that they mean the same to all of us. Our communion, uh, our common language lets us speak to all our brothers and to understand with them forgiveness has been given to us all and thus we can communicate again. Thank you, Micah and Harrison. Do not interpret out of solitude what you see means nothing. It will shift in what it stands for, and you will believe the world is an uncertain place in which you walk in danger and uncertainty. 
It is but your interpretations which are lacking in stability, for they are not in line with what you really are. This is a state so seemingly unsafe that fear must rise. Do not continue thus, my brothers. We have one interpreter, and through his use of symbols are we joined so that they mean the same thing to all of us. Our common language lets us speak to all our brothers and to understand with them forgiveness has been given to us all, and thus we can communicate again. Thank you, Harrison. And uh, um, I, I'm struck by the idea to just read this short section again. If um, if you folks are in for it, sounds good to me. Oh yeah, well, I can me too. <laughs> sure. Okay. I can't extract a good summary, a short summary, but um, let me just ask this then. Are there any, is there anyone who hasn't read who would like to read? Uh, any changes in the reading list? Anyone who needs to drop? It's Karen. I can read. Okay. Anyone else? This is Sandra. I can read. Great. Thank you, Sandra. Okay, and I, I think to uh, essentially reverse the order here. So, uh, is there anyone else who would like to join or leave the reading? Room? All right, um, Sandra, would you get us started then with the title and the first, just the first paragraph? Sure. We'll read one, one paragraph each. Sure. Chapter 30, The New Beginning. Part 8, The New Interpretation. 82, would God have left the meaning of the world to your interpretation? If he had... It has no meaning, for it cannot be that meaning changes constantly and yet is true. The Holy Spirit looks upon the world as with one purpose, changelessly established. And no situation can affect its aim, but must be in accord with it. For only if its aim could change with every situation could each one be open to interpretation, which is different every time you think of it. You add an element into the script you write for every minute in the day. 
and all that happens now means something else. You take away another element, and every meaning shifts accordingly. Thank you, Sandra. And uh, Harrison, to read 83. I'm going to Karen. What do your scripts reflect except your plans for what the day should be? And thus you judge disaster and success, advance, retreat, and gain, and loss. These judgments all are made according to the rules the script designs. The fact they have no meaning in themselves is demonstrated by the ease with which these labels change with other judgments made on different aspects of experience. And then, in looking back, you think you see another meaning in what went before. What have you really done except to show there was no meaning there? But you assigned a meaning in light of goes the change with every meaning shifting as they change. Uh, thank you, Harrison. And Micah, would you read 84? Oh, sure. Only a constant purpose can endow events with stable meaning, but it must accord one meaning to them all. They are given different meanings. It must be that they reflect but different purposes, and this is all the meaning that they have. Can this be meaning? Can confusion be what meaning means? Perception cannot be in constant flux and make allowance for stability of meaning anywhere. Fear is a judgment never justified. Its presence has no meaning but to show you to, but to show you wrote a fearful script and are afraid accordingly. But not because the thing you fear has fearful meaning in itself. Thank you, Micah. Now, Karen, 85. 85. A common purpose is the only means whereby perception can be stabilized. And one perception given to the world and all experiences here is this shared purpose, excuse me, in this shared purpose is one meaning shared by everyone and everything you see. You do not have to judge, for you have learned one meaning has been given everything, and you are glad to see it everywhere. It cannot change because you would perceive it everywhere unchanged by circumstance. And so you offer it to all events and let them offer you stability. 
Thank you, Karen. And, uh, Jessica. Okay. Escape from judgment simply lies in this. All things have but one purpose, which you share with all the world. And nothing in the world can be opposed to it. For it belongs to everything as it belongs to you. In single purpose is the end of all ideas of sacrifice, which must assume a different purpose for the one who gains and him who loses. There could be no thought of sacrifice apart from this idea. And it is this idea of different goals which makes perception shift and meaning change. In one united goal, does this become impossible? For your agreement makes interpretation stabilize and last. Well, thank you for 86ing sacrifice there, Jessica. And Robin Marie, would you read 87? Yes. 87. How can communication really be established while the symbols which are used mean different things? The Holy Spirit's goal gives one interpretation, interpretation meaningful to you and to your brother. Thus can you communicate with him and he with you. In symbols which you both can understand, the sacrifice of meaning is undone. All sacrifice entails the loss of your ability to see relationships among events. And looked at separately, they have no meaning. For there is no light by which they can be seen and understood. They have no purpose. And what they are for, and what they are for, cannot be seen. In any thought of loss, There is no meaning. No one has agreed with you on what it means. It is a part of a distorted script which cannot be interpreted with meaning. It must be forever unintelligible. This is not communication. Your dark dreams are but the senseless, isolated scripts you write in sleep. Look not to separate dreams for meaning. Only dreams of pardon can be shared. They mean the same to both of you. Thank you, Robin Murray and Yvonne. Okay, thank you, Lemoyne. 88. Do not interpret out of solitude, for what you see means nothing. It will shift in what it stands for, and you will believe the world is an uncertain place in which you walk in danger and uncertainty. It is but your interpretations which are lacking in stability, for they are not in line with what you really are. This is a state so seemingly unsafe that fear must rise. Do not continue thus, my brothers. We have one interpreter 
and through his use of symbols are we joined so that they mean the same to all of us. Our common language lets us speak to all our brothers and to understand with them forgiveness has been given to us all and thus we can communicate again. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And I just have to say it. I mean, this first line in today's reading, first couple sentences, would God have left the meaning of the world to my interpretation? If he had, it has no meaning. And it's cracking down. It's like so true. And uh, I get that the... But the, in that laughter is the is the creation lapping off of what my inter my separate interpretations are. Is the space to be able to hear the one interpreter? And, uh, um, I'm not going to do the quick summary. I suggest that uh, you can look at all the sentences to contain the word purpose and, uh, and get, a, get a solid thread through this reading. And uh, we don't have much time, a few minutes before the top of the hour, but the floor for anyone who'd like to share before the top of the hour. Oh, yeah. This is Micah. <laughs> I, 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 this, this section, I was so glad that we were reading this. Because this is uh, one that I've shared a few times uh, from this experience that happened a few weeks ago, that was so uh, wonderful. But I was I was down at a restaurant by the um, the, the river and wharf area, and uh, you know, looking at my brothers, and um, I had my earbuds in and listening to my music, and then I have. Course of Miracles tracks interlaced, and this came up. This section came up, and I've shared it a couple times. How how amazing it was! Because at first, I was like it says in uh, eighty eight, do not interpret out of solitude, for what you see means nothing. And I was I was looking around at everybody, feeling feeling their, you know, kind of like how we can assess and discern people's flaws and their weaknesses, their vulnerability. I mean, we can kind of have empathy a little bit so it doesn't feel too weird, but it, it's still a, a, a range of fluctuation of, you know, moving from one person to another and, and seeing their, really their lacks and limitations mostly. And it, and it was also like in paragraph 86, and it is this idea of different goals which makes perception shift and meaning change. Uh, In one united goal, does this become impossible? Uh, For your agreement makes interpretation stabilize and last. But it was in that first part that my ego was looking at, this idea of different goals and seeing everybody's life was just filled with different purposes, you know. And then, um, you know, as, as this section started to play, uh, it, everything started to move into a, 
a different lens looking at the scene and says and the Holy Spirit looks upon the world as with one purpose changelessly established uh, and it and, I, and at first it was, I was wondering well what is that you know what is that goal what is that purpose the Holy Spirit sees but it was an invitation to move into how the Holy Spirit was looking at that scene and I know that the Holy Spirit sees our minds as joined. And so I, I kind of surrendered the feeling of Micah being a separate, uh, a separate point of awareness to invite a more unified perspective. And, um, and it, like in 84, only a constant purpose can endow events with stable meaning. And it started to dawn on me that the, the goal is to return to wholeness and to return to God in, in this oneness that the Holy Spirit sees. That's all the Holy Spirit sees, is this our oneness and wholeness. Um, and, it, and it says, but it must accord one meaning to them all. And then uh, 85, a common purpose is the only means whereby perception can be stabilized in one interpretation given to the world and all experiences here. And as it was the weirdest thing, as I started to see that there was one purpose and that was that return to, to God and to love, everybody was exactly where they were supposed to be. Every, all the individuated stories and limitations and all that just melted away before the Holy Spirit's vision. And it, everything was perfect. Everything was returning to God. And that, that's the only power there is. And everybody was exactly where they were supposed to be. And there was so much love and harmony there. It was astounding. And um, I'll just... And here with 86, escape from judgment simply lies in this. All things have but one purpose, which you share with all the world. And nothing in the world can be opposed to it, for it belongs to everything as it belongs to you. And it's that return to our oneness and wholeness. And one last, in 87, the Holy Spirit's goal gives one interpretation meaningful to you and to your brother. Um, anyway, that's it's an amazing section, and it, it gets so real, you know. It's, uh, anyway, I'm done. Thanks. Well, that's yeah. beautiful, Micah. Thank, thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. Lovely. Wonderful experience. Are you uh, ready for a small share, uh, or should I wait till after the? Lesson. Um, but let me just first say thank you, Micah. I guess that summary on purpose wanted to come out. <laughs> thank you very much. And uh, um, can you can you wait till after the lesson? Yeah, I'm sure. All right. Well, let's do that. And Fran has turned to you as always with gratitude. Would lead us now in a remembrance of our lessons for the day. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and our theme is What is Creation? 
The lesson for today is Lesson 322. I can give up, but what was never real. So I shall read some from What is Creation? Creation is the sum of all God's thoughts, in number infinite and everywhere, without all limit. Forever and forever are God's thoughts exactly as they were and as they are, unchanged through time and after time is done. What God has willed to be forever one will still be one when time is over and will not be changed throughout the course of time, remaining as it was before the thought of time began. We are creation. We, the sons of God. God's memory is in our holy minds, which know their oneness and their unity with their creator. Let our function be only to let this memory return, only to let God's will be done on earth, only to be restored to sanity, and to be but as God created us. Our Father calls to us. We hear his voice, and we forgive creation in the name of its creator, holiness itself, whose holiness his own creation shares, whose holiness is still a part of us. And we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 322. I can give up but what was never real. I sacrifice illusions, nothing more. And as illusions go, I find the gifts illusions tried to hide, awaiting me in shining welcome and in readiness to give God's ancient messages to me. His memory abides in every gift that I receive of him. And every dream serves only to conceal the self, which is God's only son, the likeness of himself, the Holy One who still abides in him forever as he still abides in me. Father, to you all sacrifice remains forever inconceivable. And so I cannot sacrifice except in dreams. As you created me, I can give up nothing you gave me. What you did, did not give, has no reality. What you, excuse me, what you did not give has no reality. What loss can I anticipate except the loss of fear and the return of love into my mind? We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 322. I can give up, but what was never real.
I sacrifice illusions, nothing more. And as illusions go, I find the gifts illusions tried to hide, awaiting me in shining welcome and in readiness to give God's ancient messages to me. Lesson 322. I can give up but what was never real. Amen. 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 Thank you, Fran. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you so much, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, guys. Pastor Fran, you continue to amaze me. <laughs> thank you. And same to you. <laughs> so lovely. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, Ida, I know she wanted to share. I have something I would like to share, but I, I'll wait for Ida to share. Oh, thank you, Carla. Bless your heart. Mm-hmm. No, I was just going to emphasize one of the lines in the reading that that Micah already did uh, emphasize, but that struck me as well, um, that I'm going to believe I'm sacrificing if I interpret reality, you know, from solitude, because then I would fail to see the relationships among events. But as we know from what Fran just read, that even if I feel that I'm sacrificing, that is not true because I can give up but what was never real. So that's a good thing. Thanks. I'm complete. It sure is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. Thank you. Okay. Um, I was going to read from Pathways of Light, um, of course, the Miracles text made simple, so or Chapter 30, Section seven corresponds to what we just read. So there's questions and clarifying answers, at least to me. So I'm going to read this question and I'm going to read this answer. What does the confusing experience of constant change mean? The experience of constant change just means that the script that we are writing is constantly changing. When we write a constantly changing script, All we are doing is demonstrating the instability of the ego thought system we have joined with. Jesus explains this clearly when he says, quote, What do your scripts reflect except your plans for what the day should be? And thus you judge disaster and success, advance, retreat, and gain and loss. These judgments are all made according to the roles the separation script assigns. <clears throat> Excuse me. The fact that your judgments 
have no meaning in themselves is demonstrated by the ease with which these labels change with other judgments made on different aspects of experience. And then, in looking back, you think you see another meaning in what went before. What have you really done except to show there was no meaning there, but you assign a meaning and the light of goals that change with every meaning shifting as the goals change. And then there was something else that I saw. Um, <clears throat> okay. Under the next question, which is, how do we bring stability to this confusing experience that is constantly uh, changing? So, if we are to bring peace to our minds, we need to follow the constant purpose of the Holy Spirit's lifting the veil of separation in order to stabilize our perception to see that only love is there. In paragraph 4, we are told, a common, quote, a common purpose of seeing only the truth of love's oneness is the only means but whereby perception can be stabilized and one interpretation given to the world and all experiences here. And this shared purpose is one judgment shared by everyone and everything you see. You do not have to judge, for you have learned one meaning has been given everything, and you are glad to see love everywhere. Love cannot change because you would perceive love everywhere unchanged by circumstance. And so you offer love to all events and let these events of only love offer you stability. That's all I wanted to say. I needed to remember the purpose that the Holy Spirit has for this world is forgiveness, is love. And that's my purpose today too. Amen. Thank you, Carla. Amen. Thank you, Carla. Amen. Amen. Thanks for bringing Thank that, you, Carla. Carla. Thanks Thank so much, Carla. That was great. Welcome. Thank you, Carla. Thanks, Carla. I just, this is Mike. I just want to add real quick to what Carla just said. That was the overpowering sensation as the perception on the scene there at that harbor restaurant was of, of with one purpose that the Holy Spirit saw was how loving this unfolding is for everybody. It, it, love was the most astounding everywhere and in everything. And um, all the tragedies were nowhere to be seen, any of the limitations, you know, that people had. And none of that, it was just a, a beautiful unfolding of love. And anyway, I'm done. Thank you, Micah. Those yeah, events are life-changing. Thanks, Micah. That's beautiful, Micah. Thank you. I'm so glad you had that experience. I love having experiences like that. They don't come very often to me, but when they do, when I hope and expect to have, that we all will have more experiences like that in the future, 
as we're getting closer and closer to that ultimate time when one, the one Son of God will be fully enlightened so that we see the real real world and then we realize we have come back into the kingdom of heaven that we never really left. Thanks. <laughs> Complete. Mm, thank you, Ida. I, I, I love hearing people's experiences because they are glimpses, a portrait of the self, the one self. And, and so I'd love to hear what other people's uh, holy in, instances are. I'm complete. Yeah, me too. Good morning, it's Lana. I I loved what you shared, Misa and Ida, and um, it 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 really uh, for me points to that experience. And and in the reading today, and your experience demonstrated, Micah, that um, you know it's the one true thing, the one true purpose, um, the one true reality is just love and. And when my mind's aligned with it, then it is amazing how everything and everyone shows up as lovely and loving. And, you know, it's so true how they, how Jesus expresses um, or explains love to be, to have no opposite, to have no, um, uh, you know, like fear can be packaged in a million ways and show up in our experience, but love is such a singular um, truth and it encompasses everyone and everybody. Body. So when I'm when my mind is aligned with that um, in my right mind, um, you know, then the world shows up that way. It's it's truly miraculous when that shift occurs. And I love to contemplate the idea that I am a thought in the mind of God. Um, you know, for me, that that means that um, I'm part of his mind. I don't need a separate thinking mind apart from God, although even though I made one up, uh, Jesus is telling me that even that can be used for a holy purpose and I can gain a reflection of love, of the awareness of love. Um, that one purpose always being love, that one remedy for everything, that one reality of who I am, that oneness, that union, um, it all for me is found in making a decision for love. And um, it can just, come to mind, I can choose love instead of this and just rest in God. And and then it, it's like it's done for me. It is miraculous in that I, as an ego who's sitting there in fear one minute and turning it all over to love, love just um, transforms everything and everyone that I see into that one unified 
experience uh, where there's no opposite, there's no distinctions, it's just all love all the time. And um, it's um, whenever that shift happens, I'm always in awe of it, you know, of how, you know, I, I will ponder how could I be sitting in fear one minute and now I experience the peace of God and all my brothers in the world shows up as part of that same oneness, that same love. Um, and, um, you know, to sustain that um, is just remembering that that's my only truth. That's I'm not apart from God's mind. Um, and not use the mind that I made up for any purpose other than love. Because when I choose that, I choose that love, it reunites me in that oneness of love. And everything else disappears. It just dissolves. Uh, when my focus and my attention and my awareness are brought to love, or anything I bring with me to love's presence is just healed in the presence of love. It's... um. It really is the alchemy of my mind. It um, is so healing and transforming. Um, anyway, I've got, I really got taken away with, with this reading today. Um, when I, re- I read it this morning and then I was on and off the call during you guys reading it because of, of other calls. But, um, you know, I still feel its power. Uh, because it, it, in this one section, it takes me from that wounded place of fear, um, and it just takes me into that other realm where there's only peace and joy and a unified purpose. So it was really cool. <laughs> I'm complete. Thank you for listening. That was beautiful, Lena. Yes, Lena. Yeah. Love that. Thank you. Thank you, Lena. Yes, Thank it was you, beautiful, Lana. Thank you. Thank you. This is Amy. Thanks. Oh, thank you. I wanted to thank Lana and Micah for their comments. Uh, this is Amy. Um, I wanted to add one thing that when I uh, when I look at the body of the artwork I've done in my life, I'm essentially a portrait artist. When Micah said portrait of the one true self, the most important work that I've ever done uh, is called the angel. And there are two sides to her face, um, fear or tragedy and love. But the integration of those two created this channel piece, I guess, of of the one true self. It's a portrait. You know, sometimes I, I don't, quite get it I don't get it uh, in my human life where it seems like there are accidents and doctor appointments and all that stuff but the one true self is the integration into love from fear and this portrait was you know 10,000 people bought this image of of a print so I just wanted to thank uh, thank you, Micah and Lana, for talking about this integration and um, and and the portrait of the, of the of the true self, which is love and acceptance. 
and forgiveness. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. How can we see your yes. that portrait? Oh, um, thank you, Amy. Okay, how can I put it online for you? Or is there some way or, I can do that? Or do you have a web address or something like that so we can? Yes, do yes, I do. Uh, it's amysteinart.com, and you'll see the the portrait of the angel on that. Amy Stein Art. Dot com. Oh. That's one word. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Amy. Yeah. Is that S-T-E-I-N? Yes. A-M-Y-S-T-E-I-N dot com. Amy Stein okay. Art dot com. Okay. It's going to be fun. Oh, thank Thanks. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Robin Murray. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Thanks, Amy. <clears throat> this is Sandra. And um, there's, <laughs> there's only one uh, thing that I have to sacrifice, and that's my illusion of separation. Because, and, and what brings on my illusion of separation is any time I start judging. Um, I can give up but what was never real. So I can give up. That's not really a sacrifice to give up my belief in separation. It's, it's really my gateway to freedom. <laughs> and the new beginning is, is my uh, new understanding that we're all innocent. There's actually nothing for me to forgive. We're all innocent. We've been placed here in a free will zone. We can choose. I can choose to be frightened if that's the experience I want to have. Or I can choose to be peaceful, accepting, allowing, understanding, understanding even that I don't understand. And I can be peaceful with that because I have this comforter called my Holy Spirit. And I can turn it over any time I feel discomfort or I feel frightened or I find myself judging. I can turn it all over and be relieved of it if I choose. If I choose. And if I choose to be in the place of fear, I can choose again. If I choose to be in a place of peace, I can choose again because this is a free will zone. We live here with the freedom to choose where I where we want to put our energy, where we want where I want to focus my attention. And I can focus my attention on something that brings me peace, which for me is the Holy Spirit, or I can focus my attention on something that brings me chaos confusion, conflict. And they're all opportunities for me to learn and grow. That's all. I don't have to take it so seriously. (laughs) And I can include it all because I'm choosing unity. I'm not choosing separation. And unity means inclusion. Including it all. Even what I think stinks and sucks and 
you know, shouldn't be here. I have to include it because we live in a place of freedom. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. That was excellent, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, beautiful, Sandra. Thank you. Practical. One of the things, uh, this is Robin Marie, one of the things that I um, uh, have uh, have to ignore at my work is that no one seems to be smiling. And to me, as a preschool teacher, it's really important <laughs> to smile and and be, you know, feel so good around these little children. So that's something that I have to learn how to not judge because that seriousness I don't understand. Um, and so I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm working with that. I'm working with, okay, that person that I'm working with has a face that looks really serious. And so I'm trying to like not look at the faces because I don't want to be putting out a judgment, you know, for whatever reason, they're not bringing that cheerful happiness in. Um, and I, and it stumbles me when I look at it. So anyway, that's my share. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's just sweeter than sweet, Robbery. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. I can really relate to that. Um, it's it's uh, it's an opportunity for forgiveness, and it's the type of opportunity for forgiveness that I often don't recognize as an opportunity for forgiveness. I just think, gee, what's the matter with these people? Or why? Oh, I don't like this, you know. And that's right. that's my invitation to uh, ask the Holy Spirit to show me a different way of looking at this. And then yes. that's the forgiveness. Um, okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I want to thank work. Yeah. Bye, oh, guys. okay. Have a good day. Bye-bye, <laughs> um, Robin. Bye. Everybody today. Robin Marie. Keep smiling, okay. Robin Marie. Despite everything. Yeah. Um, and um, I just, I really want to thank everyone for helping me today with uh, understanding the reading and understanding the lesson. I started out the day with uh, a message from my son telling me that he didn't, he had asked me a few days ago to come take care of his granddaughter, I mean his daughter, pick her up from school and take her home because she she was homesick for a few days and then was going to go to school for part of the day. Um, and, you know, I, I, I was initially sort of like, oh, well, that, I was planning to do something else, but, you know, I can do that. He doesn't ask me very often. And then this morning he said, you know, I don't think you should come because I don't want you to get this. And uh, anyone who was on the lesson call heard me say that, Last spring, I did take care of her when she was sick, and I did get pretty sick for, it was pretty bad. Um, so 
you know, I said, well, I'm sad I won't see her, but thank you for protecting me because that was a, that was a new thing and I'm very grateful for it. But what it precipitated was uh, all of this sadness and sense of loss and sense of sacrifice and then, you know, anxiety about, well, what am I now going to do with my day because I had freed it up and, and I feel like all of the shares this morning on the lesson call and on this call and the readings have been these puzzle pieces that I've been slowly putting together. Oh, this fits right here. And this, this is what my tears are about. Or this is what my fear is about. And this is what the, um, the healing, this is where the healing is. And I'm beginning to see the picture of, you know, one of the really important things in this reading was um, uh, you know what what Michael was saying about not not seeing things out of isolation was one really important thing because I was seeing it from only one perspective, which was my own um, and clearly, Holy Spirit understands something much much more complete than anything I can perceive, which is why it's so important to follow guidance because in the long run um, what is real and true will set me free and I don't know what that is unless I follow guidance I mean even then I won't know what it is probably until until I'm uh, beamed up <laughs> but um, you know it, in in paragraph 87 um, all sacrifice entails the loss of your ability to see relationships among events. So I was feeling like I was you know, I was being asked to sacrifice something. The togetherness, the special connection that I have with my four-year-old granddaughter who I always manage to talk about God when I'm with her and she's very receptive and very interested. <laughs> Um, and I was looking forward to that. And so it feels like sacrifice. But all sacrifice entails the loss of my ability to see relationships among events. And that opened my eyes to begin to understand that something was going on between people in this, in this story of this illusion, namely some of my family members, Something beautiful and healing is going on between them. I just could sense it. And I was, not, I was not being asked to be part of that. I was not needed. I'm not needed right now. And, you know, I, I have identified myself or I have um, not identified myself, but I have um, uh, expected and thought it was necessary for me to be needed in order to be valued or in order to value myself and to feel worthy and all of that stuff. So whenever I, I'm, I get the message, well, you know, we don't need you, <laughs> then I, I have to come face to face with, that's not my purpose. My purpose is not to fill people's needs. I have believed that. I believed that for many years, 
my purpose is not to, you know, uh, find some other little needy soul that, that I can, you know, spend time showing them something or helping them or healing or something. I, I'm here for forgiveness, and I'm here to accept the atonement. And I'm open to being shown what that means today. I'm complete. Oh, bless you, ever-loving heart, Jessica. That was beautiful. Oh, it sure was, Jessica. Thank you. I felt every word of it. Thank you. Yes, it really was. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. This is Roz. And listening to you, Jessica, I realize that we as women are taught to take care of somebody else all the time. And it's like what happens when our purpose that we've been given is released from us? We we're like, what do we do with ourselves? You know, it's so natural to feel what you feel, and thank goodness for these teachings, so we can really see what's our purpose and what's real. And just your beautiful, radiating love is what's going to influence your little granddaughter, and you already have this beautiful relationship with her, which opens my heart. It's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Roz. <laughs> thank you, Roz. Thank you, Roz. Yes, thank you, Roz. Thank you, Roz. You're welcome. I felt that what you were talking about, Roz. Er, when I left my children in Virginia and came out to um, Arizona in 93, they were so pretty young, but I thought that I was going to get them back to come live with me, but I couldn't make that happen at the time, so I felt really bad. And... Part of it, the feeling bad was what you ladies were talking about, that women are are taught to take care of other people. And and I didn't have any other people to take care of. And then I wasn't really taking care of myself then for a while. was very sad and everything, depressed, sad, whatever. And, um, you know... I ended up getting evicted and um, had to learn to use the resources of the community to help me because I needed help. So I did eventually. And the story goes on and a lot of transformations were made in in me and uh, here I am today. But um, looking forward to, and my kids are very grown up, you know, and looking forward to possibly having grandchildren one day. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But um, but I had to 
Like I didn't have a job and I didn't have my children. So what the heck was my purpose? You know, I, I, it was rough. It was very rough for a long time. And, but, um, even when I was in high school and people asked me, well, what are you going to do after high school? Or you're going to college? Okay, what are you going to take in college and everything? And I was so hesitant and unsure uh, about all that stuff. What was I going to do when I grew when I grew up? <laughs> you know. Uh, so it's pretty much gone now because my children grew up. I resolved a lot of things. I'm pretty much retired now. I was looking for a job real earnestly. Uh, earlier this year, and I kept hearing inside, stop looking for a job. You don't need to look for a job to have enough money. And I'm like asking Jesus, how? How will I, you know, have more money? And he said, wait and see. But it's working out. And um, so, you know, when I'm tempted to look for a job, still with these um, uh, videos that are coming to me from um, YouTube. I'm like, okay, I'll unsubscribe. <laughs> I unsubscribe from a few already, but there's still more. Um, because it turned out when I was looking at the, those videos and stuff, all the jobs that I was qualified to do, when I searched inside myself, I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to live my life without that anyway. And so I am, and it's... You know, I define my life as a spiritual purpose, and and I'm eating up A Course in Miracles every day with or before breakfast, you know, with you folks, and I really appreciate that. I really appreciate all of you. Thanks. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida, for sharing your heart, my love. God bless you. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. It's beautiful. Thank you, Ida. Ooh, Thank wait. you. Good morning. It's Karen. Uh, if it's okay if I share now. Um, I'm uh, <laughs> really struggling with this new interpretation. Moment of interpretation is the moment of choice. I feel so triggered. I throw up. <laughs> It started with, um, it started like a few times, a few meetings ago when I shared and um, Lori didn't respond. And it happened more than once. And then I offered to read it, Reverend Pamps, and she ignored me. And then today when I offered to read, you skipped over me. (laughs) It's like my ego mind is like really wanting to interpret it's saying to me, you know, well, does this mean um, they don't want me on the call? Maybe I, I'm not loyal enough to the call, or maybe I'm not getting the course, or, you know, maybe I'm not trying hard enough. Because it feels like I'm getting the message over and over. But the reading is on the new interpretation, and it says, do not interpret out of solitude for what you see means nothing. 
It will shift in what it stands for, and you will believe the world is an uncertain place in which you walk in danger and uncertainty. It is but your your interpretations which are lacking in stability and not in line with what you really are. So I've been feeling so emotional. And then every time I tried to talk, someone else started talking. Um, I do want to apologize because um, my daughter's been going through a breakup with her husband and has a brand new baby. And uh, she's been on like such a, an emotional roller coaster with him. Isn't it just ugly? And so every time she calls, I get off the call, which is why I didn't want to read because um, she only calls me when she's on her way to work, which is now at this during this time period. And uh, she just had a visitation with him, and I wanted to be available to her. So if that's happening, that thing that I perceive is happening, if that's happening because I'm not being on the call and answering and saying thank you to everyone often enough and all that, then um, I just wanted to put that out there. I just have to break in and say that is so far from the truth. That could never be, Karen. You are loved. Gosh, no, crazy things happen with phones and stuff. But I just had to say, no, you are so welcome. You are so loved. I'm sorry that there's been some kind of crazy miscommunication or lack of My response. Excuse me for a second, please, because you're interrupting me. Yes, I I apologize. Yes, go ahead. I I apologize. (laughs) Okay, so my therapist said to me the other day, you're upset because no one sees you. You feel invisible. And I thought she was just not making any sense. And and I'm sorry, Wendy, but when you bumped, when you broke in and started talking, it just felt like that happened again. (laughs) And I'm crying over here, and I'm, like, feeling like this huge thing is coming up. And anyway, I just um, done, and I just parted me with saying the last few times, well, okay, don't try to share, don't say anything, don't don't even try to share, and that would be the childhood pattern. That would be the habit of the ego to not try to say something, but just to go away or to be quiet, either one. But either of those things would be interpreting out of solitude. So in light of the reading today, I just wanted to say it. And I would prefer no no crosstalk because one day last week I shared in a call and, and someone came back at me with direct crosstalk and I just felt like, what? I mean, it's one thing for someone to say they love you and that, that your interpretation is wrong. That's great and I, I appreciate that. That's not what I meant by crosstalk. Crosstalk is like when somebody directly starts talking about what you said. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm complete. Marin, this is Diane, and I just want to say one thing. You started after me, and your words from the very beginning, from the very first share, were so well thought and deep in opening doors and pathways in my mind. The days you don't speak, I feel sad because I look forward to your interpretations of The Course in Miracles. I don't know you, but I love you. And I'm 
I'm here in support of you. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. I feel the same way. I look forward Mm -hmm. to what you say. Yeah, me too, Karen. What you say has so much meaning all the time. I'm very grateful for you all the time. Yes, me too, Karen. Yes, indeed. Absolutely, Karen. You are a light, for sure. Mm-hmm. The yeah. sincerity is beautiful. And I always wait on pins and needles to hear, hear what you have to offer, Karen. Oh, you pull threads yes, together I, very beautifully. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Jess. Um, yeah, I feel the same way, and I so, so appreciate your openness to sharing the situations in your life because I get so much out of that. You know, we, we, are, we are traveling together, and, um, and it's so beautiful to see the path that you're, you're taking and the way you express it and the way you understand it and the way you struggle with it. It's, it's very, very rich and valuable to me. Thank you. Um, hi, uh, Karen. Um, this is Amy. I, I just want to thank you for your courage right now to talk about the sense of um, being not seen, heard, or and rejected. Um, I really want to thank you for your courage to 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 deal with the issue, which is so painful and under, understandably painful. And I hear you and I see you. And I also have been triggered lately to feel, um, to see to see people's behavior, which is a lot of times their issue, as being personal and feel very uh, attacked and very separated. And I know in my heart that if I can see myself and them in forgiveness and love, the whole perception changes. And uh, that's just my own experience. Because I've been feeling that lately. What am I doing wrong? And uh, I feel forgiveness and love for myself and others is the key to this, to open this door of freedom. Thank you so much for sharing Something difficult. Thank you. And Karen, when you when you start to speak uh, inside, I just turn to like one big ear, and it gets all soft inside to absorb what you're going to say. Oh, wonderful! Please take this in and and know that you're really loved and valued. Yes, please, Karen, because you are. And uh, I've been dealing with my lack of self-love recently or even liking myself and not forgiving myself. And it's like it was coming up recently from my whole life where I couldn't face it before. Um, I guess I can now because, because it's been coming up. And so that's been a hard thing. 
and it, it makes me feel depressed when I feel that way, and I don't want to do anything. But, um, you know, of course, of course, says, I need to do nothing. In those moments, I believe that's true. Just heal myself and remember the love of God and the people and know that what I do or what thoughts pass in my mind is not even me. That's not me. Almost all the time, those are ego thoughts or they're coming through from other people or whatever, but um, it's it's all good, and um, I'm healing, and I'm facing this for the person last time in my life, the, the self-love piece, then, then I needed to do it and needed to heal that and really love myself, not just say I love myself, really do it you know so anyway thanks again and bless you karen and everybody i'm complete thanks ida thank you ida thank you everyone thank you ida thank you ida this is wendy i want to apologize i'm sorry i interrupted i just my heart was surging in your direction and i could hardly keep it from reaching out its etheric arms and giving you a big hug. I apologize. I'm sorry, Karen. Thank no, you for deep being No, healing. Call. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. It definitely opened up another place, and it says in the course all experiences perceived correctly are opportunities for healing, and I think something major just happened. Thank you all. Thank you for your courage. I'm complete. Oh, I, I agree with you very much, Karen. Um, this is Lori, and a couple of things come to mind. There is a there is a real phenomenon uh, called sharer's remorse, and um, it's experienced just like you describe it. Um, it when I first came to this group, uh, I was convinced that there was a committee that met. Uh, outside my awareness to decide whether or not I was an appropriate member or not. I seriously did think that. And and those thoughts um, are, are part of Cher's remorse because we're not, I was not accustomed to being in a group where I could reveal my fears, my self-judgments, my self-loathings, uh, my fear, my nakedness, but this group, thank God for Holy Spirit, this group is tied together with threads of love that we can't see, but we can now exist. And we know they exist in the phenomenon that we just all witnessed. I stand in the group and I get naked and I show you myself. And what do I receive in return except a blessing? And this is how... All of life is meant to be when the confusion between what's in me and what's outside of me goes away. When, you know, I wanted to say there's a quote, and there is a quote, and it's a quote straight from Jesus. And he says, coming only from the reality of your mind is the loveliest, the loveliest 
of God's creation. And here we are talking about what is creation, the sum of all God's thoughts. The love, your mind, the reality of your mind is creation, and it is the loveliest of God's creations. Coming only from God, its power and grandeur could only bring you peace if you really looked upon it. If you are afraid, it's because you saw something that is not there. And this is what happens with Shara's remorse, with the nakedness that we expose to each other. We need to discover by being viewed from truth that this mind that we share, this mind coming from where I am, coming from where you are, is the loveliest of God's creations. And when I allow you to see me as I truly am, you send me the message of love. This is how the Holy Spirit holds us together. It's the tie that binds. Um, the fear goes away when I show you myself. But it can only go away when I show you myself. What a paradox. What a paradox that is. The invitation for all of us, for me, for all of us, is to reveal ourselves so that love can see us and reflect back to us the love that we are. That's why we need each other so, so desperately. When I came out of the desert after those 10 years of grief, I knew I needed to be seen. Ego told me, no, 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 no. But in Course of Love, he says, the world does not keep you separate. You keep yourself separate from the world. And that's what fear does, you see. So I need to look at my mind the way Christ looks at me and strip down and let him see me all over. All my dark spots, all my self-judgment and self-loathing, all my fear. And when I can accept his vision of me, guess what happens? He gives me his vision. And so, remember the other day we had that lesson, I see everything as I would have it be. I judge everything as I would have it be. Now let a new perception come to me. And that's what we're talking about here. We can't know, I can't know the love that I am until I respond to you with love. You can't know the love you are until you respond to me with love. The whole beauty and totality of this call is that we give each other holy audience. And in giving each other holy audience, we re realize that we are holy. I can't forgive myself, but in light of vision, forgiveness will come to me. I can't do that on my own. No one can do that on their own. This is why God put himself everywhere. Every part contains the whole so that we would always have a reminder of holiness that we can see and love and share. And so, let me tell you that I appreciate your nakedness. You are beautiful and I love you. And for any time I failed to respond to you, I'm so sorry for being distracted. But when I bring my full awareness here, this is all we can do is bless. 
That's the only thing we can really do. We can't give anything to love but love, and you can't receive anything but love. This whole new interpretation section is about learning what's inside me, what do I have to offer. And when I offer it, it returns to me. And I discover this beautiful thing that love is the relationship of everything to everything. And we have to have each other to do, to be able to do that. And so I'm so grateful for you all, and I'm complete. Well, thank you so much, Lori, wow. for everybody, and me. That thank was you, just so, so much. Thank you, Laurie. Beautiful, Lori. Thank you for that. It's wonderful. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Crazy. <laughs> Good morning, Wendy. Go ahead, Sandra. Thank you. Um, this this brings up an, a, a something for me, and maybe we can um, table it for the the, the uh, after call. But I have a real problem with all the thank yous after. I, I just think it it breaks the. Um, the cohesiveness of the meeting and the and the content of what's being said. And I, I'm going to make the request again. I've made it twice before. It's just a request. You don't have to buy into it or not, but that the, the facilitator does says thank you with all her heart and soul. <laughs> and that the next person who speaks either continues with, the theme of the person before or starts a new theme. But, you know, my, I, I feel that I'm thanked if somebody's picking up on the theme because I know that, it's, 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 that I've touched not only myself and my reason for sharing is because I have to. I do it because it's, it's, what I'm, it's, it's my whole function for being here is to share the love of God. And so, and, it, and what, what happens when I share the love of God? I, I have a wonderful experience. It makes my life richer. That's the thanks, is, is the fact that it makes my life richer, makes me feel fulfilled because I've shared the truth or my understanding of the truth. And the quietness tells me that I'm heard. The quietness. All these thank yous, and then, and then I, I do this too. I, sometimes I compare, well, this person was an enthusiastic thank you, and this person didn't think, or else I'm judging, oh, that's not genuine. You know, it's just all that's unnecessary if we simply have the facilitator say thank you and, and all these other thank yous and, and, you know, oh, 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 that was so, you know, it's like, and I'm not the only one who feels this way. And Karen, you've, you're telling me that you, but there's other people in this meeting. No, no, no. I, I actually, I, I actually feel like the thank yous make me feel like I've been heard individually with people, and mm-hmm. I also feel it, it, it is like feeling personal connection to different people, and love. So I don't agree. But go on. Yeah. Well, I, I, 
I wasn't necessarily asking for your agreement. I'm just putting it out there, how I, what I think about it and how I feel and asking, making a request, that's all. Uh, so far, every time I've done it, it hasn't been um, thought that it was necessary and everybody liked the thank yous, but I'm just bringing it up. So it's, it's okay either way. I accept either way. I'm complete. Okay, ready for this? Thank you, Sandra. <laughs> but I, I get to take your point because I want to say thank you, Sandra. You expressed something. I think maybe the way to say it is thank you. You expressed something that I've struggled with, and I, I like the, like in response to Karen, the people who thanked her for her courage to expose the turmoil that she. And, and so to make it a little more specific, um, maybe, maybe uh, you know, a way through that to make it a, a more direct response. Anyway, um, yeah, we can talk about that more on the episode. We are... Um, we have run long, but that's great. Short section. Run long. Um, Lori, do you have a closing you would really like to share? Uh, I do, Lemoyne, and I'm really glad you asked for it today uh, because I think this is really perfect. Um, it's from Chapter 21 where it starts out with everything seen with vision is healed and holy and nothing without it means anything. And right after that, he directs us to this, beyond the body, beyond the sun and stars, past everything you see, and yet somehow familiar is an arc of golden light that stretches as you look into a great and shining circle. And all the circle fills with light before your eyes, the edges of the circle disappear, and what is in it is no longer contained at all. The light expands and covers everything, extending to infinity shining forever with no break or limit anywhere within it everything is joined in perfect continuity nor is it possible to imagine that anything could be outside for there is nowhere that this light is not this is the vision of the son of god whom you know well here's the sight of him who knows his father here's the memory of what you are a part of this with all of it within and joined to all as surely as all is joined in you. Accept the vision which can show you this, and not the body. You know the ancient song and know it well. Nothing will ever be as dear to you as this ancient hymn of love the Son of God sings to his Father still. And now the blind can see for that same song they sing in honor of their creator who gives praise to them as well. The blindness which they made in perception will not withstand the memory of this song and they will look upon the vision of the Son of God remembering who he is they sing of. What is a miracle but this remembering? And who is there in whom this memory lies not? The light in one awakens it in all. And when you see it in each other, you are remembering for everyone. So, God bless us all. Thank you.
That was perfect. Thank you, Lori. Yes, it was. Yes, Thank it you, was Lori. perfect. Bless you. Bless us all.